Welcome back, everybody, to WTL, Where's the Line, Nebraska's first and only sports betting show. I'm your host, Ian D. Class, and joined by Jabron, <laughs> the Parley You got it. We're back. We're back. <laughs> yes, we are. And what an exciting time of year. Yeah. Uh, we've been talking preseason, futures, and NCAA football. For sure. Uh, I just saw, what are we, seven days away from Nebraska's first game. Kick off. We're within a week, guys, so just hang on a little bit longer. But we still got week zero college football going on. For sure. One more week of uh, preseason NFL. Yep. And then we also got golf wrapping up its regular season. Yep. Tour championship. And then uh, NASCAR's back. Little NASCAR right at the end of the season for NASCAR, too. Yep. Back in Daytona for the Coke Zero Sugar 400. I there mean, you go. When, you know, it's just like it rolls, rolls up off your, the tongue. Yep, just yep. like Daytona 500. It's the <laughs> Coke, Coke Zero <laughs> Sugar 400 at Daytona. But it Boom. is kind of cool how they bookend it. It's still cool. Um, and we're going to get Jake Bartecki. Yeah. Back friend in for of the that. show. Yep, yep. Uh, and uh, he did a fabulous job with our live broadcast. Also yeah. reporting in from Chicago. He's a Chicago native. <laughs> yeah, so for sure. at the Chicago uh, street race. We're going to ask him about that a little bit too here. Mm-hmm. But Let's start with that tour championship yeah. here. Um, and there's a lot of things to really consider and think about. For sure. Uh, not only for a fan so you understand what's going on, but also you really need to be on your game. No doubt. As a better here because there are so many different things going on. This is the tour championship. It's going to be back at East Lake <laughs> Golf Club in Atlanta. Hot Atlanta. Yep. Not hot enough for you out here in the yeah. Midwest. <laughs> uh, not in hot Nebraska. Tell wow. You that. Head on down to <laughs> Atlanta, Georgia, I guess. <laughs> uh, pick up some heat there. But um, this has been a year-long culmination and the top 30 golfers yeah they're the only ones that get invited for sure and for 30 weeks straight uh your big stick there was leading this um who's that guy scotty scheffler oh scotty scheffler's leading it now yeah john rom john rom john rom led this for 30 weeks in a row and then last week fell off so bad for now, sure. now he's in that fourth spot yeah and this is kind of unique how this is set up uh it's a it's a stacked course or yeah. it's staggered scoring staggered format scoring. yep so scotty scheffler's the number one overall seat so he starts with a 10 under cushion yeah right behind him is rory McIlroy with seven under rory victor hovland the toast of the town yeah made up a lot of ground he's eight under john rom fell all the way down that fourth spot he's six under yeah and then you keep on going down the list there's a big group of guys that are four under five and three under and yep. two under, those are the ones that actually could maybe come up and and, and win this thing. Yeah. Uh, but you're really, if you're looking at legit picks at who you think is going to take the whole thing down, if you're not doing DFS type stuff, for sure, you really got to stick around Scheffler, um, Rory, Hovland, and possibly John Rom because uh, when you're a guy starting with a three, four, and five stroke league. That's the way to do it, obviously, and that's how it's going to be on yeah. Thursday. And we're not saying everybody out there that you know you have to bet this one way or the other, but most of the lines that you're going to see are with those inclu- includes those starting right. strokes, right? And that's where you see you know Scotty Scheffler at a plus one thirty, Rory at a plus three twenty, Victor Hovland at plus five hundred. Mm-hmm. Those are w- including those starting strokes. Yeah, you can always switch that up if your book allows it to, or you look at it and it says winner without starting strokes. That will be yeah. You're more even playing field, so 
Yeah, and I think like DraftKings has it worded a little bit differently than than um, uh, FanDuel and yeah. on down the line. So you really got to be aware of that. There's also day one leaders, day two leaders that have those two different <laughs> double yeah. standards. No you know? doubt. No so doubt. You, I mean, if you're thinking you're going to, let's say, pick uh, Cantley, who's he's been playing great yeah. golf, he's starting at a four under compared to Scheffler at a 10 under. And you're talking just 18 holes to make that up? <laughs> it's pretty tough. And Scheffler's playing at the top of his game, has a chance to really cap off a season for the ages No here. doubt. So that's what you just have to be aware what you're betting on. Yeah. And if it's a line that looks too good to be true, you know the old saying, it probably it is. It probably is. Look at it again. No doubt. All right, so do we want to run down some of your favorite odds, or do we want to show some long shots? Look well, at some sleepers I here. I got one long shot that I really like, Andy. Okay. And, uh, you know, I don't like a lot of them just because of, you know, how this plays out and uh-huh. how this, you know, tournament is, you know, formulated with, you yeah. know, so many people having a head start, so to speak. Yeah. But I really like Sung J.M. Uh. He's at plus <laughs> 9,000 right now, and, uh, you know— it's his home course. It's his home course. It's his home course. He lives in Atlanta. He's eight strokes behind Scheffler starting, mm-hmm. so he's two under yep. going into the day. Yep. He shot a 67, a 65, a 66, and a 66 here last year to finish second yeah. tied with Scheffler. Yeah. So if there's any way that a guy can close a gap, I think it has to be a guy like this who's right. played this course a bunch, yeah. uh, has very narrow fairways, which he is very good at. Yep. So uh, if there's a long shot to be had at plus 9,000, I think it's this guy. And I didn't really break down the course. Uh, and yes, he's the hometown guy there. Yeah. Uh, but it's kind of a long course. And yes, the fairways are narrow, but they're straight. So a yes. guy like Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, if he could straighten out his straighten driver, out. Um, yep. they could really make some hay here. Yeah. Uh, of course, you know, putting always has to be on par. No doubt. Uh, but for those big swingers, the guys that can hit it long and hit it straight, <laughs> uh, those are the guys that can really make some hay here. Another name that I'm hearing that's catching a lot of buzz yeah. is Tommy Fleetwood. There you go. Uh, he's been playing really hot lately. Yeah. He likes his course. And once again, this is a type of a course that suits his style of game. He's His starting position as is at three under. Yeah. So you never know. And he's one of those guys, one of those fringe guys yeah. um, that he's not afraid to fire off on a, a 63 or 62. So yeah, no he's doubt. within striking distance, depending how Scheffler, Hovland, and those guys in front of him are swinging. Yeah, he's right there. Yeah, and he's at a plus forty five hundred. So obviously, yeah. with the that, that that's a good you know it's it's a long shot, obviously, but with plus forty five hundred, you feel a lot better about that, especially yeah. with the three under start. Uh, another guy that I kind of throw into this category as well, Andy, that's been playing really good is Max Homa. He's yeah. at a plus yeah. twenty eight hundred right now, Andy, mm-hmm. and he starts six shots behind Scheffler. Which is, you know, uh, it's it's the same position that Rory started last year, and he won yeah. it. So, yeah. uh, and, and on top of that, he had like a double bogey on hole one, exactly. so he actually started nine under. Right, <laughs> exactly. So, I, I really think the way that Max is playing right now, he has a chance to m- maybe not win the whole thing, but mm-hmm. even if you look across it to. Uh, for a top five finish, he's sitting there at a plus three hundred, and a top ten, he's minus one ten. So you can tell the yeah. bookmakers really yeah. think he's going to be up there on the leaderboard. So if 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 you have a long shot at plus twenty eight hundred with Max Homa, I really think that's good value. I, I love the top five, top ten type of play there. Yeah. And I really like what I'm looking at Fleetwood again, Tommy Fleetwood for that top ten. He's right outside, or he's right there at like eleven or ten. Yeah. Um. So you're getting a you're getting a conducive number, and you're getting a guy that's kind of uh inflated number as far as a top ten finish, but yeah. he's right there. Also, he doesn't have a lot of guys to make up on. There's only thirty guys playing <laughs> right. this weekend, so yeah. it's a staggered start. I get it. 
it, but you don't also only have to you don't have to pass up as many uh, golfers here. No, I agree, Andy. And like you said, Tommy Fleetwood at a top five is at a plus four fifty right now. Yes, and he's still plus money at a top ten with a plus one thirty. So like even it. if yep. you can lock in that top ten with Tommy Fleetwood at a plus money, I really think that's a good strategy. And uh, yeah, I, I really think he'll finish in the top ten in this tournament. You know, we, we uh, didn't really go over a lot of these notes as far as this goes beforehand, but Tony Finau is a name. I don't know if you studied up on Tony, but he's been <laughs> slipping lately. Yeah. And, man, the, the articles I've been reading, the podcasts I've been listening to, yeah. they are not high on Tony Finau whatsoever. No. Uh, yeah, I read a whole bunch of that today when, you know, guys not to bet on. Obviously, Tony's <laughs> name came up. I don't like throwing shade at him. Ricky was another guy that they were yeah. throwing as kind of, you know, slipping in the rankings a little bit. But yep. you, this is one tournament that— um, uh, you know, it, it, they leave it all mm-hmm. out there at well, this tournament because it's the only way to do it. And uh, there's still a spot uh, for the Ryder Cup. Exactly. There's still a couple of spots here that uh, Zach Johnson has to the, do the captain's pick on. Yeah. And let's say a guy fires off here and comes from behind, ten strokes back, and comes up to win Lock it. Lock it in. You kind of got to pick the guy, don't you? No doubt. So, no doubt. So you know, you, you have to. Uh, you, I I hate throwing shade at some guys, but those were a couple guys that they said yeah. not to bet on this weekend. Yeah. Which I I don't know if that's true or not, but yeah, I would definitely not be throwing any cash on them. So <laughs> I usually like. Rick too, but I didn't yeah. want to bring him up. All right, let's flip the script here. What about your best bets? My best bet, Andy, is Rory McIlroy to win this whole yeah. tournament. He's at a plus 350. Uh, he just starts uh, three shots back, mm-hmm. which is nothing for Rory. Yeah. Uh, you know. It's better I, starting than last year. Way better. And if there's a player that's going to take Scheffler down, I believe it's going to be Rory. Yeah. I don't think Victor has the legs to do it. I, I think Rory is the safe bet here, and at a plus three fifty to win this whole tournament, I, I just think he has the pedigree. Yeah, he's on the rise right now. Mm-hmm. He's playing really really good golf, and he wants to win this thing. You know, and he's a striker. He's a striker. Uh, you know, this is his type of course. Uh, some people are leery about his uh, putting, how it's kind of fallen off. I mean, it couldn't have fallen off that bad. He's in the second position here at the end of the year. Exactly. Uh, I'm kind of shocked about all this fanfare with Victor Hovland. I think it's you're just being kind of captured in the moment yeah. here. Um, but man, everyone's so high on Victor, and rightfully so. Yeah, and it's nice. So he's finished second. But how many times are you going to come, you know, on the final day on Sunday and come from three or four behind and win in dramatic fashion? That's not going to line up, especially in a standard or a staggered start like this. No, I don't think so. And Rory shot, he shot 67 or better in all four rounds last year and has mm-hmm. as much experience at East Lake as anybody in the field. So I really like Rory. I think he's got it in the bag on this one. Sorry, Scotty. If you if you guys are betting on Scotty, he's he's at a plus one thirty to win right now. Uh, not much value on betting on Scotty, Rory, or Victor in the top five or top ten inclusions. They're yeah. just not that you just don't have value there. So it's just amazing for a future like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? So uh, a really you know one that you were talking you're throwing out John Rahm. If I can talk about him for a second, yeah, go for it. Um, he, he's only four shots behind Scheffler to start the weekend, but he's a player who can heat up in a hurry. Mm-hmm. He's one of these guys that, like we said, fell off last week and kind of got himself into this predicament. Right. But he is one of those guys that can get on fire quick. So one bet that I like for John Rahm is to be in the top five. He is at a plus one hundred right now. 
So that's plus money Ooh. for John Rom to be in the top five, okay. which he's, you know, pretty much starts at anyways. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So all I'm saying is he doesn't have to give up his position, and you're getting plus money. So I really like John Rom at a plus fi- at, at a plus 100 in the top five. I think those are four words most uh, golfing <clears throat> betters like to hear: John yeah. Rom plus money. Yeah, give plus it to money. Me. I can't. I in can't. Top five. Yep. Doesn't have to win. Mm. Top five. Yep. Can't argue that. And even the people that are throwing shade at him this last week and a half or so, still like, but he's still like the best in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Although he's the best in the world. <laughs> Let's take a minute to recognize one of our fabulous partners, and that is the Nebraska Brewing Company. We've been enjoying the smooth, easy drinking Alestorm, the official beer of Omaha's AAA baseball team. Crafted with Pilsner malt and Sterling hops, making it the perfect summer baseball beer. Don't go anywhere, folks. This is WTL. And welcome back, everybody, to WTL. Where's the line? Nebraska's first and only sports betting show. I'm your host, Andy Class, and joined by Jabron. The Parlay Pounder. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> and now we got to talk week zero. College football week is zero. kicking off. It's here. And we there's some pretty good games here, pretty good matchups. Yeah, ex- um, especially a couple blue blood, uh, you yeah. know, uh, football teams here. So, yeah. Well, let's let's start with the big one, the one overseas yeah. that uh, we kind of have a sour taste in our mouth from, uh, as far as being a Nebraska fan. There, yeah. uh, <laughs> Northwestern got the better of Nebraska last year <laughs> across the pond. This year, Navy and Notre Dame are squaring off. Yeah. I believe it's in the same stadium, the whole same uh, setup there. Yeah, um, and it's going to be a tough matchup here for Navy. You know, they are heavy. Dogs, let me look at the latest. 20 I'm looking, and a half. That's what I'm looking at. 20 and a half with a point total at 50 and a half. What are your initial thoughts, your your initial thoughts on this game? This is really going to be Sam Hartman's coming out party. Yeah. Um, for the second time in three years, Notre Dame went to the transfer portal to get a quarterback. Yeah. Where have I heard that before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Hartman did have a pretty nice career. For sure. At Wake Forest. Now he's going to really try and step it up. Yeah. Uh, like get in the meant, limelight. All that kind of stuff. He's he's on the he's on the pedestal now. He's trying to fill uh, you know fill in the spaces that were left by the uh, past Notre Dame quarterbacks. But yeah, this kid, this Sam Hartman, had over thirteen thousand yards at Wake Forest, Andy. So (laughs) um, this guy is going to come in. He's going to be you know slinging it. Mm -hmm. Uh, The receiving core is young, but it's also very talented. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. They just got rid of their you know huge playmaker uh, Michael Mayer at tight end, but. Uh, they got Jaden Thompson, who could be a massive playmaker for the Fighting Irish, uh, along with Tobias Merriweather. Look mm. for those two to dominate in the passing game. Um, the other thing across the ball here, Andy, is that Navy went four and four last year in conference. Yeah, they fired their coach. This is their coaches, their new coaches. First game that he's Defensive ever coordinator too. Yeah, yeah, first first time he's ever coached ever. Their quarterback has been hurt all offseason. Mm. Uh, he missed spring ball. I just don't see a lot happening for this Navy team in yeah. this game. I really think this 20-and-a-half is an easy pick for the Fighting Irish. Yeah. I think they're going to blow them out. I don't know about that over sitting there at uh, 49, though. I, I would almost suspect they have to score that much if they're going to cover this line. Yeah, if if Navy's going to be in the game, and I agree, I don't think they're going to be in the game. Yeah, um, That's the only way they could catch that that over there at 50-and-a-half. Brian Newberry is their new coach, yeah. as you mentioned. He was last year's defensive coordinator, and he hired a really good offensive coordinator in Grant Chestnut. Uh, yeah. Came over from Kennesaw State, yep. and they had one of the top offenses the last five, six years uh, in FCS, that division. 
Parisian. Yeah. That's all fine and dandy. Um, but this is a whole other animal here, the Notre Dame defense. And this is my big reason why I'm probably going to be staying away from more overs than yeah. I usually do. And yeah, yeah, I'm always yeah. kind of skeptical anyhow. But for the first time since 1967, the gl- game, the game clock will continue to run when teams make a first down rather than stopping until oh. the chain gang, until mm-hmm. the chains get set. It's just like the NFL. Is that now, new rule across all college football? College football, yes. Wow. So just think about that. You're going to have a running clock. Yeah. And Notre and Navy, they're known for that triple option. Yeah. Well, this new offensive coordinator, Chestnut, he likes to run that spread offense. Yeah. Uh, and he ran it at a high, a high level there. But still, I, I think with the defensive coordinator being the head coach, he wants to play control ball. Yeah. Wants to li- limit Notre Dame's possessions. Yeah. And I think once Notre Dame gets up by three scores, they're going to want to run out the clock as well. No doubt. This new rule is going to help them do that. So I'm going to steer clear of that 50 and a half over as well. Yeah, and Andy. And yeah, like I said, I, I really like the Notre Dame 20 and a half. I think they win by three touchdowns. Yeah. I think they get to cruise and all that kind of stuff. And like you said, th- this new offensive coordinator, he's saying that he's not going to change that triple option up, but you know yeah, that he's yeah. going to throw wrinkles into yeah. it. So, uh, yeah, I, I just think Navy's outmatched here. Yeah. Uh, you know, the secondary for Navy, Navy has a lot of veterans, but that mm-hmm. doesn't mean they'll be good. This group was awful last year in the secondary. And despite having more experience, I think Hartman is having his coming out party with Notre Dame, yeah. put, him, put himself up for that Heisman race right quick. And they're going to want to get Hartman a good start, Of too. course. And this is a, probably a, a good matchup. This is the them, way to do it. Uh, for them to do that. Should we move on to our second game of the Let's slate? Let's do it. The Ohio Bobcats. Yes. The former fighting Frankie Soliches. Yes. Are uh, heading on out to San Diego to play San Diego State, where they are a three-point dog at, with a 49 total. Yeah, Andy. And I, I think this line is right where it needs to be because I think these are similar teams, Andy, mm-hmm. and, uh, mm-hmm. really stack up against each other. Uh, it it, it did, San Diego State, It doesn't. we don't know if they can contend in the Mountain West or not, but last season they finished 114th in total offense Yikes. and, uh, yeah, and 108th in scoring offense. But this quarterback there, Jalen Maiden, cemented himself as a starter after beginning the season at safety. He was, mm. he was a defensive player at safety. Then they converted him wow. to the quarterback. Okay. The Aztecs went from adger- averaging 14 points per game and 200 yards uh, in their first four games to when he started starting to 23 points a game okay. and 366 yards in their final eight games. So mm. uh, th- there is some positive momentum to carry into the season. Uh, Maiden back uh, with this offensive coordinator. So I really think that San Diego State is going to be able to push the ball down the field, and I really think Ohio is going to be able to play uh, you know, and get the ball in the end zone as well. So I like the over 49 as my best bet for this game, no matter which way you're leaning on it. And I think this line opened up at 2, 2.5, and and it's already moved up to 3 to favor the the home team here. So maybe uh, everyone's kind of looking at some of those offensive uh, statistics that you kind of dove into there for for, uh, San Diego State, and that's why you're starting to see that line kind of favor the home team. Yeah, And yeah, that total is going to keep moving up as well. Exactly. It usually does. If you can get it at 49, or under 50 right now, definitely do it. I think this goes way over that margin. Uh, if I had to lean away, I'm leaning towards San Diego State, but I, I love mm-hmm. Ohio's team as well. I love that MAC action. All right, should we move on down the list to our third game Let's in the slate it. here? The big one. Another San. San Jose State <laughs> yeah. traveling to L.A. to the Coliseum to take on USC, and they are a 30-point dog, 64 and a half total. 
Yeah, I mean, Yoo. this this is just the way it is with some of these matchups. Uh, USC really trying to make a name for themselves as a top contender yeah. this year. Yep. Caleb Williams, obviously yeah. Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah, they got the big head coach, the big name, all that kind of stuff. Yep. The yep. over sixty six points is really crazy to me, Andy. It, I, I wow. do it, not believe that this is attainable. But once you say that, that's probably when it happens. Yeah. If I had to lean away on this, I am leaning San Jose State way at the plus thirty and a half. Really? That's just way too mm. many points to cover, especially in mm. week one when you're when you're, you know, testing new stuff out against yeah. your, you know, cupcake game and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I just really believe that that's way too many points to cover, especially in week one. And once they get up by three or four touchdowns, they are not going to want Caleb Williams in the yeah. game anyways. Yeah. So I really don't like, I really like the under. And if I had to lean away, I would lean towards San, San Jose State. Yeah, and I, I've heard a few different um, writers and, and podcasters say kind of mimic what you were saying there. Yeah, um, and there, there, there's good reason for that, but you still you're not you're not it, out of the water. Yeah, you're not out of the water. not at all because uh, USC likes to pile on the points, and even when they do pull Williams out, because I think he'll have a short game as well. Yeah, might not even play in the fourth quarter. We, you know, you don't know how it's gonna play itself out. Yeah, but even then, they could still put up 50 points. So now you're looking at can San Jose State score two touchdowns? Can they get me there? Now you said your your line was at 66. 66 with the over under. I opened this up this morning. The book I was looking at was at 64 and a half. So yeah. that tells you going up. It's moving up, moving up in a hurry there. Do you have any sleepers or dogs or any angles other than just the the usual spread and total that you're looking at here? I mean, you know, you can go into, you know, Caleb Williams overs and all that kind of stuff, but I really would mm-hmm. bet everything under on him just because yeah. I don't know how much he's going to play in this game. This is almost shaping up to me like an NFL preseason game, Andy. And <laughs> it kind of is. It, it, it kind of is, but yeah. I, I wouldn't touch any of that stuff, especially if you're thinking it goes over. I've, I'm sorry to say that, but... Uh, I, I just he already has his Heisman. I don't think they're going to push. I mean, obviously they're going to push for yeah. him to have it again, but that's not on their mind right now. Yeah. What's on their mind is to be national relevancy and win a national championship. Is what they're going to try and do before they make their big splash into the Big Ten. Yeah, I, I think you're right, and and keep everybody healthy. I think exactly. that's the number one goal. And like you said, that's kind of a preseason game mentality right there. And Lincoln Riley knows how to do this in his first walk through the park, stroll through the park. Exactly. And I will give you a little bit to. Uh, back up my bet of San Jose State to cover the 30 and a half. Okay. Uh, last year, their biggest uh, defeat, uh, USC, was 43 to 27 against San Diego State last season. So okay. they, they, they do score points, but it seems like they give up some points as well. So yeah. I really don't think that the defense has got any, you know, dramatically better. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I would put San Jose State and San Diego State in that same realm of possibility that they can score points against them, and especially in the later quarters. Yeah, you're, you're thinking of like a 38-42 exactly. type of score for USC and then maybe a couple touchdowns from San Jose State. I'm saying if San Jose State gets 20 points in this game, it covers no matter what. <laughs> I would have to agree with that. Yeah. And now you're flirting with the over. But you can also just fade that. You don't have to touch it. No, you don't have in, to, I, This I, is week zero, folks. we got an entire college. <laughs> Well, I'm just saying that us. game that we're talking about last season when they played San Diego State, it was 43 to 27, mm-hmm. and that still doesn't cover this over under. Isn't yeah. that nuts? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, and and I get it with your your Heisman hopeful Caleb Williams. Yeah. He's the front runner right now as far as Heisman odds are concerned. He is. They're going to get him his stats, but that still doesn't mean that they're going to total 
go over 66 points. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, I, would ma- I would much rather make them prove that they can score 66 points yeah. together than bet that over and be hoping for it. Hey, hey we got about 45 seconds here. Yeah. Uh, real quick, Hawaii at Vanderbilt. Last year, it was about a 20-point spread. Vanderbilt had to go out to Hawaii. Everyone was saying, oh, the Rainbow Warriors are going to cover that. <laughs> they did not. They did not. Not even close. They got yeah, blown yeah, yeah. out of the water. This year, it's at a 17-and-a-half with a total of 55 I don't know why, but I think Hawaii can cover. Yeah, you, yeah, you <laughs> the might, revenge factor. The revenge factor. I think they're playing for more because yeah. of the fires and everything. And uh, you know, our thoughts and prayers are out there. Yeah, exactly. To everybody from Hawaii, but I, I feel like the Warriors are playing for something here, and the revenge factor is on their mind. And Vanderbilt's also thinking, oh, we blew these guys out of the water last yeah, year. Yeah, no, I think Vanderbilt can come in very underwhelming. And uh, yeah, if the Rainbow Warriors can, you know, get a couple scores early, they got a chance in this one. So ex- especially to cover. So I like them. To cover i don't know about that win though yeah i'm not t- saying win i'm just saying cover i'm just you got come it. on guys rainbow stay warriors let's go 17 and a half let's do it serve the uf sec yeah I mean, they'll still win they'll still win <laughs> but just not by 17 and a half come let's on go. now hey let's take a minute to recognize one of our fabulous partners and that is the stock and rod company an outdoor lifestyle brand for those seeking adventure whether it's Hunting, fishing, hiking, they got you covered. Visit stockandrod.com, all one word, to get your wild game on. Don't go anywhere, folks. This is WTL. And welcome back, everybody, to WTL. Joined once again by Jake Bartecki, our NASCAR guru. Jake, how are you doing? Doing well, Andy. Thanks for having me on once again. Always, um, always happy to come on and talk some racing. You bet. Well, and I see you're fittingly wearing your Chicago White Sox hat. Last time we talked to you, you were at the street street race in Chicago. They had some weather issues, but it still looked yeah. like a wonderful event. Yeah, it really was. And and you mentioned the weather and it, it's just such a shame because all those concerts, except for one of them that got maybe 30 minutes in were canceled. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you didn't get to see the city in a bright sunshine, summertime shy day. And, you know, just to kick off that Sunday race, you know, they had to postpone the finish of the Xfinity race from Saturday night to Sunday morning. And they didn't even get to halfway in that race. It's really uncommon for NASCAR to declare a winner before halfway. That's when it's official. Um, but yeah, the weather was, was, was just such a bummer. Um, you know, you had water up to your knees in Grant Park at some spots. You had tires floating down pit road. The problem was NASCAR really couldn't push the race back to Monday without having to pay the city some extra money. And so obviously they didn't want to do that. Right. I will say though, once the green flag dropped, it was, it was really cool. There were a lot of people there that you could tell were first time racing fans. Anytime a couple of guys would get side by side, everybody would stand up. Wrecks were fascinating to people. Um, all the stuff that seems kind of normal to guys like us who watch racing a lot, you know, those were brand new to a lot of the fans. And that's yeah. great. I mean, it, it was great to see new fans getting interested in the sport, the sport and fittingly a new driver won. you know, Shane Van Ginsburg and the New Zealand supercars superhero real really yeah. comes into the street race and, and wins his first race. I mean, it just was it ushered in a lot of new things for NASCAR. Um, and I'd be really shocked to see that race not on the circuit again for next year. And you're a Chicago native, so obviously that was a, a lot of fun for you as well. Well, we brought you back on the show because we want to talk about – we're back in Daytona. Yes, sir. 400. Uh, NASCAR does a – I think they do a fabulous job how they bookend their season. You start with Daytona 500. 
a lot of hoopla. Uh, I know it's complete mayhem <laughs> the first go around, and then you end the season here once again with the Coke Zero 400. So 100 less laps, 100 less miles, uh, but a lot to be expected the same. It's going to be wild. There's going to be wrecks. There's going to be some things happening. Yeah, I think one of the best things NASCAR did when they kind of reworked the schedule was to make this race the final race in the regular season. Because, and I, and I don't really like to throw this word around in racing because I feel like every week can be this, but it's a wild card race. Realistically, it is. I mean, this is a track where you can end the race like we saw last year with seven or eight cars on the lead lap. And somebody way below the cut line, as long as you're in the top 30 in points, can punch their tickets to the playoffs. And to make this even better, there's one playoff spot remaining, and that and that's held by Bubba Wallace, who's 32 points to the good right now. Slight lead over Ty Gibbs, slight lead over Daniel Suarez. So this is a this is a really big race, and and not to mention that, but Chase Elliott, NASCAR's most popular driver, needs to win this race to make the playoffs. Same with Alex Bowman. Um, both of them had injuries outside of racing. Chase Elliott missed seven weeks after suffering a skiing incident accident. And then you've got Alex Bowman, who missed a handful of races as well with uh, getting involved in a dirt track racing incident. So some major, major storylines that I think absolutely are going to shift into some of the odds we'll talk about. Yeah, you're talking about storylines that are going to be affecting the betting lines. And that's why we got you on here. Kind of break that down for listeners that maybe don't follow NASCAR as closely as you do. There's 16 spots for the playoffs. 15 have been filled. If it stands right now, Bubba Wallace is in. But if right. anybody below them, and we got a field of 39 racers right now, wins, they're in. Absolutely. So Bubba Wallace is 32 points to the good. Um, he has not won a race yet this year. And there are two other drivers that are actually solidified in the playoffs. They haven't won a race either. And those are Brad Keselowski and Kevin Harvick. So, so they're in, but there's that one spot left. And if somebody below the playoff cut line right now, and we're talking about good plate racers, Ryan Priest, Daniel Suarez, you know, Ty Gibbs, he's young, but he's had a great rookie season. Austin Dillon, who won this race last year, he could win and punch his ticket to the playoffs. Chase Briscoe, second place finish in the Daytona 500 a couple of years ago. Chase Elliott, I mean, one of the best plate racers the sport has seen in recent years. He's won at Talladega, still looking for his first win at the Oval at Daytona. He's won on the road course. He could win and punch his ticket to get in. So, you know, we talked about it just a moment ago. It's everything of a wild card race. And, and, Racing as a whole can be a wild card because you just really never know. Strategy plays into oval tracks and short tracks and and road courses, but this is one that literally anybody can win. So yeah, a win gets you in the playoffs along the top thirty in points. And um, there's some good drivers right now that are not in the playoffs and are down towards that thirty line in points that could definitely win this race. Well, let's look at some of those good drivers and some fun head-to-head bets that we're getting out of the Warhorse uh, Sportsbook in Lincoln, Nebraska, and that is William Bryan versus Bubba Wallace. It's a straight minus 114 across the board here. You mentioned Wallace. He needs to hold on if he wants to make the playoffs, but you got so many good racers right there behind him. Well, it's a tough one because William Byron is a Hendrick Motorsports driver, and obviously right now William Byron is leading the Cup Series in wins. He's got five. He dominated last week at Watkins Glen, led 66 of 100 laps, was pretty much inside the top three or top five except for pit cycle. So he's been red hot right now. Bubba Wallace is going to have to be aggressive. I'm probably going to take Bubba in this one, to be honest with you, because I feel like William Byron's main goal right now, and maybe this is going to mean that you take William Byron. kind of depends on how you look at it is going to be getting Alex Bowman and Chase Elliott into the playoffs. And that means he's not going to necessarily want to be the car in front of them. He's going to be the one to try and push them 
to the win or because both of them need to win right now. But Bubba Wallace, maybe this is why you go with Byron. I mean, it really depends on how you look at it. I think I would probably go with Byron. I think Wallace is probably the safer play, but I would take Byron because Bubba Wallace right now really just needs to finish the race um, and make sure somebody else doesn't win below the cut line. My personal pick for this one, I don't see somebody below the cut line winning this race. We'll get to that later on, but I think William Byron is going to be trying to get his teammates to the front. So I think he's the safer play. Yeah, kind of interesting dynamic there where you think both guys are going to try to be driving defensively, just finish the race. Byron helping his buddies out. Wallace just looking for that finish. Let's look at another couple of guys here. Brad Koslowski is a minus 120. Uh, Denny Hamlin, a name you already mentioned, a minus 109. So you got some juice there in play. I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin in this one. I, I just think Hamlin is having a better year right now. He's in a similar scenario. We talked about William Byron wanting to push uh, you, you know, his teammates and in, in Bowman and Elliott to a win right now, Denny Hamlin is trying to get his teammate Ty Gibbs into the playoffs as well. And he's also the, the team owner for 2311 racing. So he's going to be wanting to go get a bubble Wallace up to the front as well. That's going to be a, a main theme in this race is the alliances you're going to see of teammates wanting to help teammates. I think that's going to be huge. I think Brad Keselowski right now is, is a strong driver. I mean, he's, he locked himself into the playoffs last week. He and his teammate, Chris Buescher, Great year for Roush Fenway Kozlowski racing. They're both in the playoffs. I think he's going to be content to ride around and let some of the other guys battle it out. I'll go Denny Hamlin. All righty. Well, let's just keep on going right down the track here. Let's talk about those long shots. You alluded to it. You maybe don't like some of these guys out of the top 15, top 16 to take this one down, even though there's so much on the line for these guys. Yeah, no doubt about that. I, I mean, I think realistically there there's a, I mean, this is a race where long shots are, are, you know, there's, you could pick anybody to win this race necessarily. I mean, last year, Austin Dillon was the one car to make it through a wreck. I and mean, I wonder what the odds were for live betting. It was one car to make it through the wreck after having wrecked himself, probably just 15, 20 laps ago. I think some long shot picks, I don't know the odds exactly. A lot of books haven't posted them for guys like this, but Ricky Stenhouse Jr. won the Daytona 500, great plate racer, nothing to lose, no teammates. He could be one to get up towards the front. You could also look at things like, an Austin Dillon, who we talked about, needs to win. He's got a teammate that can help him get to the win. And Kyle Busch, he's much, much solidified into the playoffs. couple of wins already this season. There's a ton of great plate racers out there. And then right now, I mean, another guy that I'm looking at is Justin Haley, was leading the race last year in this uh, in this event before he got taken out in a wreck that, that we talked about led to Austin Dillon, Dillon winning the race because the entire field was caught up with the wreck. The other thing you can do, and this is something that's paid dividends a lot at Daytona, is you can pick guys like Cody Ware, BJ McLeod, Chase mm-hmm. Briscoe, you know, Eric Almarola, guys who have not really been a factor at all this season and might run towards the bottom 30 uh, in, in, in the running order in a regular race. If a big wreck happens and those guys are at the back and they're not really anywhere near it, they can get a top 10. If you parlay that to get Cody Ware, B.J. McLeod, J.J. Yaley in a top 10 or a top five, that could be a huge payout depending on what the odds are. And what about a guy like Kevin Harvick? Uh, he had mentioned earlier at the season that this was going to be his final season. He's retiring. Do you work him in uh, to a long shot scenario here? I wouldn't call Kevin Harvick a long shot necessarily. Uh, I, I think he's uh, he's got a strong car. He's good at Daytona. It's his last race at Daytona. Um, yeah. So he might be going for a win as well. I don't think I see him necessarily as a long shot because I think he's just got a strong car. He's been pretty solid on the uh, restrictor plate tracks this season. 
had a rough go of it last weekend. I mean, he was he yeah. was not good from from the beginning. So he'll be looking to rebound a little bit again. He's already solidified on points to the playoffs. So I wouldn't call him a long shot, but um, I, I don't necessarily know if I'd pick him to win the race. But top five, top ten, could see it. All right, Jake. Well, hey, we got a little bit of time here. Let's talk about your favorites. If you had to pick a winner, who's a couple of the names you're looking at? Well, right now, I mean, I think it's hard to not look at uh, somebody like Chase Elliott. I mean, this is a guy who needs a win. Odds on favorite, plus 1,100. He's in my top three of guys I think I can win. And then I'm going to go over to the Penske stable, and I'm going to go with Ryan Blaney. That's another one that I think has a very good shot to win this weekend. He won this race two years ago. Very, very strong on the play track so far this season. Daytona 500 earlier this year, wrecked out early, but was able to rebound with a really beat-up race car to a top 10 finish. I believe he finished eighth. So with a really strong, healthy car, if he can avoid the trouble, I think he can uh, he can have a shot at winning this thing because he got a top 10 with a really beat up race car. And my pick to win this race, I'm going to go with Joey Logano. He won one plate race already this season, won Atlanta for his only win. Um, I think he's got a, the, the Fords and the Penske Fords specifically work really well together at Daytona and Talladega. And, and that's Austin Sindrick, who also needs to win to get into the playoffs and won at Daytona before, finished in the top 10 last year there as well. So he's a strong pick. Ryan Blaney, really strong race, uh, plate track driver. And then, like I said, my pick to win is I'm going to go Joey Logano. Love it. You see on the ticker there for people watching on YouTube, uh, they're bunched up at the top there with the odds. Elliott plus 1,100 right behind him. Logano kind of in a four-way tie there at plus 1,200. So I think the odds makers are on the same page as you there, Jake. I think so. I, yeah. I mean, it's, it all comes down really. And this is the thing that happens with plate racing is who's good at these tracks, who has good teammates, who's got a good game plan going into this to avoid wrecks as well. So I think all those guys you're seeing there, Elliot, Blaney, Hamlin, Kozlowski, Logano, they've all proven that they do have that. And I think that's why they're at the top. Well, Jake, you heard the horn. That means we're up against it. I got to thank you once again for hopping on WTL and breaking down the Daytona 400, the Coke zero, zero sugar. 400 if you really want to get into it thank you you, jake thanks guys don't go anywhere folks this is wtl and welcome back everybody to wtl where's the line nebraska's first and only sports betting show i'm your host and D-Class, and joined by... Jabron. Oh, you got it. We're back. <laughs> and thanks, another big thanks to Jake Bartek. Yeah. That guy knows his NASCAR, doesn't he? He, he knows it a lot I better mean, than we do, I when, know that. When they start talking fast like that, they're just running through names and what they did last week, what they did the week before, who wrecked them, who didn't wreck them. He's just like a computer. He's got the data and listen to them. That's why we love him. That's why I love to have him on. And also, I gave him a chance to kind of relive that street race in Chicago. Yeah, that had to be so cool. Other than getting rained out and the city of Chicago flooded for like the first time in 50 years, whatever. But other than that, it was really cool. So thank you, Mr. Jake Bartek. Yeah. Now, before we look any further ahead, should we take a look back a little bit? Yeah. Some hits and misses from last week. And once again, we didn't do so bad, especially in your wheelhouse. 
UFC. Exactly, and we got to talk about UFC 292. What yeah. an awesome card yeah. they put together. One of the best of the year, I have to say. It was. And yeah, I pretty much went five for six with the mm-hmm. with the uh, fights that we talked about last week, and it being the All-American. You're props right. You're even nailing the props. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but Chris Weidman is my only miss on the card, yep. uh, you know, going up it. The All-American let us down. He didn't get knocked out, but uh, the line was right on that with the mm-hmm. minus 250 towards Brad Tavares. Yeah. He, he kind of worked him over pretty good for that unanimous decision. Yep. But going up the card, everybody was split on Vera or Munoz. Uh, Marlon mm-hmm. Vera came out, you know, kind of a little bit of a boring fight, but, you know, that's eh, matchups yeah. start like that, and he got the unanimous decision. Batista beat out Blackshare. Uh, Ian Gary put a huge, uh, just a beating on Neil yeah. Magny. Yep. Uh, and then the what, the fight of the a performance of the night had to go to uh, Zhang Weili. Oh, she just man. put it on Jeez. Lamos. <laughs> She's the champion for a reason, Andy. And like we were just talking about before on air, the, the strikes – Mm-hmm. 296 to 29. Yeah, 296. 296 for Zhang Weili. Yeah, she landed. She landed <laughs> to 29 strikes for Lamos. Oh. That is just outrageous to yeah. think about. Yep. Can you even call that a fight? Can you even call it a championship fight? Yeah. She's in. She's just in a class all by herself right now until mm-hmm. somebody comes to yeah. uh, dethrone her. And talking about dethroning... Aljamain Sterling, let's go. The goat of the bantamweight. Yep, uh, he's he's beat everybody up until this point. Yep, I called it Sean O'Malley, yep. the Rainbow Warrior, Sugar Sean O'Malley, TKO yeah. in the second round, smashed him. You didn't even you didn't only call it. You said I think Aljamain's gonna be coming at him. He's gonna get a little wild. He's gonna try and shoot in, <laughs> he and, is. and he's gonna catch him. And man, and Sean O'Malley talked about. It. He's like. That's kind of was his approach. Is he's going to try and he's going to reach that too up. far one time. Yep. He's going to reach too far, and he's not going to be able to have the reach to O'Malley's face. And yep. O'Malley did the best with it. That, put his lights out. Oh my God! And uh, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, the ref shouldn't have stopped it." No, he that was a good stoppage. He was protecting yeah. Aljo there because Aljo was, was wailing on the ground. Oh my gosh! And then he turned his body. Uh, that's when you know he's 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 done. He he, he was done. Yeah. And I was kind of looking back at some of the highlights, and they showed it in slow mo. Aljo knew that he'd missed, and he looked to his left, and he saw that coming, and he already just yeah. shut his eyes <laughs> yeah. and started getting ready to absorb in that split second. He knew that's O'Malley's he go-to <laughs> is that right hand. So no, that was awesome. Uh, congratulations to Sugar. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad I called that one right because he's definitely one of my favorites. All right, now let's get back into the UFC yeah. then here. UFC Singapore haven't been there for a little while. They're no. heading back. It's going to be a funny night, you know, a fight night. Yeah, uh, overseas. So if you're on the East Coast, I believe 4 a.m. is when that card is going to boom. Start. Wait up all night for that one. <laughs> 2 a.m. on the West Coast. So they're going to have a like just keep it going, right? Yeah, just, just keep it going all the way through. Going. That's going to be Saturday uh, <laughs> uh, start there. Yeah, um, and we want to dive right into the main card. Talk about one in Nebraska zone. Yeah, a guy out of Omaha that has uh, just a decorated career. Yeah. Anthony the Lion Smith. Yeah. He has taken on Ryan Superman Span. This is a rematch. Yeah. Anthony got the better of Span uh, round one. Now the script is kind of flipped and everybody that I've been listening to, reading up on, is saying Ryan Superman Span uh, is the heavy favorite here. He's only at minus 130 is what yeah. I'm seeing. Yep. But I haven't heard anybody pick Lionheart yet. Everybody's leaning towards Span. Uh-oh. 
Uh oh. No. Yeah. So <laughs> this is you know Smith respond uh, number two. They aren't exactly strangers like you already alluded to. Yeah. Uh, previously collided uh, UFC Vegas 37 ended mm-hmm. in a first round submission for Lionheart yep. Anthony Smith after locking Spawn into a rear naked choke only. Uh, and he uh, clocked him before that. He oh, had him sure. kind of baby deer leg sure. there. You know. Um, the, the really weird thing about this fight, Andy, is if you go into the just the round betting the round props for uh-huh. uh yeah. for this the odds makers have this ending in the first round as a minus 120 so it's already moved down to just one round last i looked it was one and a no, half no i'm saying if you just bet on one round uh-huh. it's it's one, if you bet on it to stop in the first round it's, it's a minus 120 geez. that means the odds makers believe wow. that one of these guys is going to either get submitted or knocked out in the first round like no question yeah. about it yeah. so if if you have something above somebody that you think this might go to round two uh mm. that is a good bet right there um I, I i i just think anthony smith is going to try and make one more shot at the lightweight title before yeah. he gives it up, and he yeah. has to win this fight. He does if, if that's if that's the chance. So. He doesn't look good his last couple of fights. Let's he, just be honest. He yeah. he did not look good his last couple of times. No, though. he hasn't. And uh, you know, I, I I just don't really see the reason for the Ryan Spawn love right now. I just think it's like what you said. It, it's kind mm-hmm. of a it's a hate towards Anthony Smith right now. He hasn't looked as good as he has in the past. Yeah. But this is a guy that he feels. You know, they're both coming off losses. Exactly. You know, let's but, go. I, but I'm just saying, Anthony Smith feels comfortable with this guy. He has mm-hmm. already submitted this guy in the first round, Andy. Yeah. So I believe Anthony Smith can get this to the ground. I think he does win. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't know if it's in the first round or not, mm-hmm. but I do believe that he comes out with a submission here. Go Anthony Smith. Go Omaha, Nebraska. There we go. Omaha. 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 Yeah, Lionheart, that's going to probably be his key to victory. He's getting the submission. I think uh, Superman, he's going to want to get the knockout with the power. Yeah. All books are have that over-under at one and a half rounds. There. No doubt. So, that, I mean, everybody's thinking thinking that. What is kind of alarming or <clears throat> you know sets off alarms in my head um, is that when I look at Significant strikes landed compared to absorbed for yeah. for Anthony Smith. That he's 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 the wrong way oh, here. Oh, for sure. Uh, land he's under three landed. You know per per minute. Yeah, and he absorbs four and a half. That's not how you want to see that. No, and, and the, these are two these are two separate fighting styles colliding like we always do. Yeah, yeah. It's a wrestler versus striker. Obviously, Anthony Smith had a physical disadvantage in this fight against Spawn. Uh, stands in, you know, Spawn stands an inch taller, three inch reach advantage. Uh, it's just if Anthony Smith can get him to the ground, this mm-hmm. is over. Uh, the two lines that you really want to look at here is Anthony Smith by submission at a plus three eighty, mm-hmm. and then Spawn to win by TKO is at a plus one seventy five. All righty, let's move on up to the main event here. Let's do it. Max Holloway, the heavy favorite <laughs> against the Korean zombie, yeah. Chan Sung Jung. And, yeah. I mean, everybody loves the Korean zombie, of right? Of course. And he He's the, the draw for this card. He, he it's re- in Singapore. Yep, it's in Singapore. He's and uh, But blessed, Holloway, I, <laughs> let me look at this, right? I'm looking at a minus 850. Yeah, no doubt. Get out of here for a main event, plus yeah. 520 for the South Korean. Um, I, I think people are like, they want to talk up. The zombie, Korean yeah. zombie. Uh, but this is really Holloway's fight. 
Yeah, it, it, it really is, Andy. Uh, it, it doesn't take much to see who the UFC's backing here. And, yeah. you know, it's it's sad to see that, but there's no one left for Max to fight right. unless it's Volk. So you can't just throw him a title fight every time. So mm-hmm. he beat Austin Allen and KC. Now he's going out to Singapore to do this. This could shake loose another uh, title fight for him. Yeah. He's 3-1 and his last four fights. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to see fireworks from Holloway. I really yeah. do. No, I, um, he's already talked about yeah. uh, his native land of Hawaii and how the fires ha- have devastated his homeland. Yeah. I think he ha- kind of has that feeling that he's fighting for something more. Not that he doesn't. He's a spiritual guy. He's anyway. a spiritual guy anyway. Uh, and he's kind of he's starting to get a little vocal over his disappointment of yeah. you know our government's uh, handling of the support for as sure. far as that. So I, I'm, you know, when they say he's a volume striker, you know, and all that stuff. <laughs> I think you're going to see volume, but I also think you're going to see some power. Yeah. And, I mean, the zombie, that's how he got the name. He just puts his head into it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, I don't he's know. He's getting a little old for that as well. But, yeah. yeah, you can tell the bookmakers are behind what you're saying, Andy. Max Holloway to win by knockout is at a minus 125, which is definitely the best bet on this fight. Yeah. Uh, he's going to knock him out. Uh, Max Holloway will yeah. not lose this fight. No chance, no way, no how. And he's going to win by KO. So that minus 125, you can take that to the bank. There you go. And this is one of those fights I think you just can't overthink it. You Do can't. not overthink it, folks. Um, where, you know, the match beforehand, uh, Span and, and Lionheart, yeah, yeah. there's the, there's a good That's reason a, to go either yeah, way no on doubt. that. We get it. We get it. A plus 110, minus 130. This isn't, this isn't it. This isn't it. Max Holloway all. by knockout. The zombie will not rise again. Yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> you know, that'll about do it for us, but I really quick got to do a shout out to NBNR Media, yeah. the No Block, No Rock, the guys that put on the No Block, No Rock podcast. They put on or had a big hand in the Nebraska Podcast Awards. We were nominated for a few awards. Yeah. Uh, went there, had a great time. It was awesome. A lot of fun. They did a fantastic job uh, for the first, which they hope to be an annual award. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, a lot of big names were there. Got to meet in rub shoulders with some, you know, AM talk yeah. radio guys and some all that. Some of the top echelon of our broadcasting universe. You knew Jimmy. Jimmy Allen was going to be yeah, there. After with hours, actors. baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and we also had a debut of our own. Yeah. Talk Husker to me. You know, Jason Derulo? Yeah. You know, Talk Dirty to me? We did a little parody. <laughs> a little parody. It made its appearance at the show, and if you weren't at the show or you weren't streaming it, I think we ought to share it with our audience right now. Let's drop it now. Let's get in there right now. Folks, enjoy. Thank you for listening. This has been WTL. The Big Red coming back and there's no question been a sleeping giant too long but you know what's up trev knows what the fan base wants no more coaching bums we got fullback traps on the comeback i think we found the one matt rule's been around the block and he speaks the language and the tradition don't need explaining all the crews need to understand when and you talk nil money Talk Husker to me. Talking NIL money. Talk Husker to me. Uno. Smacking Minnesota. Dos. And then it's on to Boda. Trace. We can start 3 and 0. Oh, no. Quattro. Say what, Gibran. Stack 3 defense, oh so genius. Sold at the arena, the streak continues. 
Jeffrey Sims guns on deck. Deck. Billy Camp breaking neck. Neck. Pull a transfer to cash and checks. Every tender pick would pose a threat. Johnny the Jet, what you expect? Postseason so good, that's quite the flex. Anyway, every day we're back to it. Gonna kick the Big West in a big booty. Anyway, every day we're back to it. Gonna kick the Big West in a big booty. Matt Rule's been around the block and he speaks the language. And the tradition don't need explaining. All the crudes need to understand when. And you talk NIL money. Talk Husker to me. Talking NIL money. Talk Husker to me.